0: I've made a new smell, and it belongs around your neck. I can't wait to watch you take your last breath. My guest today had this and much more projected to her by trolls, and so today we're talking cyberbullying.
1: Welcome to Love featuring your host, Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light.
0: Many of us love using social media. I know I do. We wake up, we check our accounts, and we see what the world's been up to overnight. However, like everything, social media has a dark side, one that is resulting in an alarming rate of anxiety, depression, and suicides. My guest today was co-host of the nation's most popular nighttime program, the Hot 30 Countdown, and that was both on radio and television. It was on this program that she became involved with the royal hoax phone call that had her waking up to this news. Breaking news from London. A member of the staff at Kate Middleton's hospital, who was one of the voices that we heard on that prank phone call from two Australian DJs, was found dead this morning. Following this traumatic event, Mel was trolled for two years consistently, and she's learned an awful lot about cyber bullies, trolls, and keyboard warriors, and particularly how this is affecting our teenagers and adults, from school-aged children to shopping centre mums, employees to celebrities. I welcome to the show Mel Gregg, the host of Troll Free Day on March the 17th, and the ambassador for Bully Zero Australia Foundation. So, Mel, you have been on the receiving end of incredibly horrendous cyberbullying, and I cannot even imagine what that would feel like. What do you do when you're in that situation, or what advice can you give to people when they're sitting at home getting hate stuff slung at them on social media?
2: The first thing is to understand the state of mind that you're in, because when it was happening to me, I was going through a very deep depression given the tragic events of the prank call. So when people were telling me, go kill yourself or I'm going to kill your mother or I'm going to gut you like a pig, horrific things that were being said to me, I believed it. Like I, because of my frame of mind, I believed it. And that's a really dangerous frame of mind to be in. So when you are attacking someone when they're vulnerable, or when they're feeling down, it's extremely dangerous. And that's how the abuse acts as a so-called trigger. If It's consistent. If you're copying that every day for months and months, it can severely change your train of thought and the way that you feel. And that's what was happening to me. It got to a point that I had to get psychological help. I saw a psychiatrist and uh, I had a, a bit of a light bulb moment where I thought, hang on a minute. What's my mum got to do with this? Why are they ringing and threatening my mum? That's not an opinion. These aren't real people. This is trolling. This is abuse. This is not real. These people are not real. Why am I letting them get to me? They're completely irrational. They're hypocritical. They're not real. And when I could have that switch and that change of mind, it became clearer and I understood it for what it was. The trolling continued for two years. Two years it was consistent and now I'm at a point where there's nothing that anyone can say to me that will ever offend me because I've heard it all before and I can see it for what it is. I read these messages and I feel sad for the people because normal people do not go around intentionally destroying others. What a beautiful
0: gift for you to get out of that trauma. That is such a place of self-empowerment where you can actually see somebody else's Despicable behaviour, but you can see it for what it is that they are places, they are people in a place of great pain and clearly not high functioning to be able to behave in such a way. What a gift that is, Mel.
2: It is. Uh, Look, they do say that every. Every negative has a positive, and it's very hard in those traumatic situations to go, don't be so ridiculous. So it's not necessarily finding the positive. It's learning what you can from it and sharing that with other people. If I can take the pain that I felt, that extreme pain, and use that to help someone else, then that's what I'm going to do. And let me tell you, there is nothing more heartbreaking than having a 10-year-old child look you in the eye and tell you that they want to kill themselves, that they want to die because cyberbullying is really hurting them. You know, that's a horrible thought for a child to have and it's just something I'm not going to let happen. You know, I'm going to do what I can because I'm in a position to do it. Well,
0: I applaud you and thank goodness for your beautiful gift of being able to do that. Let's go down the path of the teenage cyberbullying because... You know that is a huge concern particularly for parents and teachers and aunties and uncles etc because it is so massive. Now the stats are something like 100% of teenagers have either been cyberbullied or witnessed cyberbullied bullying or been the bully. That's extraordinary yeah. isn't it? 100%. Every child. Yeah,
2: well one in 4 are victims. So if you look at the, if you look at the stats, it would not surprise me. Yeah. You would have witnessed it because it's every child is on some form of social media at some point and they don't know how to handle it. And they see these conversations and this abuse happening. And to them, they see it as real life and they do not know how to handle it, which is why suicide is the biggest killer of our young people. It's not okay and they don't even mean to do that. They don't understand. They just want the pain to go away. They don't understand death. They don't understand suicide. All they know is they're being publicly abused or humiliated in front of other kids and they want it to stop and it's heartbreaking for parents. Last year for my Troll Free Day radio special, I went and spoke to kids about cyberbullying but I also spoke to parents that had lost their child to cyberbullying and they saw the signs. They tried to do what they could. And they they couldn't help their little girl. And for them, they they can't move on. They, They try and fight the fight to help other kids to make a difference. But that's absolutely destroyed them. And they feel helpless as parents. And it is not the parents' fault. It's really not. Unless they're completely being oblivious to what's happening if they know about it, then it is your fault.
0: What is it that we can do to support the young children, to support them in this cyber world that they live in?
2: If you're a parent, you need to be on the same social media platforms as your kids. You need to learn it. You need to understand it. You need to know why it's so important. You need to be able to see what's being said to them and how they're responding. And you need to be able to have that open and honest conversation with them. Think about it. If you've got a child at school that's isolated, who are the people they're going to turn to? A teacher, a counsellor or a parent? What's the one common denominator between all of them? They're not Gen Y. Right. They're not in the same generation. They grew up with different technology. They need to be able to go to someone that understands, become the person that understands what they're going through.
0: This stop block tell thing where you know, stop the communication, block the person if you want and tell somebody to support you.
2: Is it effective? Absolutely and Okay, that's what you need to do. If someone is abusing you on social media, you block them. You don't need to be friends with them. Have the power and unfriend them or block them. Don't you let them write that to you. As an adult, same thing. Whenever I see someone doing it, I don't even acknowledge it. I just block them. And we should be reporting them. People don't understand that it is actually illegal to use a social media carriage or an internet service to abuse, harass, or stalk or offend someone you can't do that we need to be reporting them so we can have more arrests
0: well I know I report fake profiles on Facebook just about on a daily basis however with the children do you feel their fear of blocking is that is it because oh but they want to be liked even if it is by a horrible person or is it a fear of they're going to make it worse because they just don't seem to block do they?
2: No, they won't block. And I think it's a combination of both of those, but they just need to do it or shut down their account. They can't let themselves be put in a position where they're going to cop that kind of abuse. Don't feel bad about blocking someone. They're not your friend.
0: No, they're certainly not. I actually look at it as when, you know, bullying in my day, of course, at school in the 60s and 70s was in the schoolyard where... You actually could get away from it you could actually leave that arena you didn't you weren't yes. you know and it is much the same in cyberspace where they can leave that arena but for some reason they're not doing that and that's what really concerns me i've got teenage girls uh one mm-hmm. of them has been cyber bullied and she thankfully has got quite good resilience and I am all over social media and understand it, so she did chat with me. But that's this time. Would she always? I don't know. But one of the things that I've always tried to instill as a parent is to be able to have children, have other people that they can go to that they respect that are like, they might be like the older cousins or adults that are younger, funkier, cooler that they can go to because they may not want to go to mum and dad. They certainly don't want to go to the teacher teacher. and never the the school counsellor. They won't do that.
2: Do you think that's effective? Absolutely. They need to be able to talk to someone that understands and someone they can trust. And it doesn't mean you're not a good parent. It's a different level of communication. It really is. And it's something that you might not understand or they might feel they're going to get in trouble or the parent's reaction straight away, I'm going to go knock the block off that kid or I'm going to go ring the parents. That causes more drama for them. They might not want to go down that path. And social media is their life. And one of the reasons why it's their life, it's because it's that instant connection to celebrities as well. Never have kids had so much access to their favourite stars and they live and breathe celebrities. So they're not going to shut down their social media account and fill out of the loop. It's just not going to happen. So they need to learn how to manage with that abuse and they need to ignore it as soon as you start engaging in it. It's not going to end well because it's just going to fire up the other person. You need to be able to have that one-on-one conversation. I would suggest, if depending on what the threats are like or if it's uh, mild abuse or just something that was a, a mean thing to say, go up to that person and ask them. Ask them why they did it. Try and have a face-to-face conversation with them. Let them know that it was upsetting. You want to know what you've done wrong and try and talk to them.
0: I love that advice, Mel, because I think that so often the bully just disintegrates once they're approached face-to-face. In yes. fact, even even if they have been bullying or manipulating like, you know, in adulthood and workplace bullying, which is so on the increase, it's when you actually give yourself a voice and permission to stand up for yourself, they just disappear because they're looking for that easy target, the person that's having the reaction. Yes,
2: to ignore them. And I actually, um, for my Troll Free Day radio special that's coming up, I've recorded a chat with a troll that trolled me during my time that decided to send me a message calling me a murderer. And I, I spoke to this guy and by the end of it, he, he just couldn't believe the, the kind of person I was. He'd had a, a picture in his mind of something completely else. And that's the problem with social media. It's not real. He's reading articles about me, but he doesn't know what I'm like as a person. As soon as he gets to know me, he's horrified that he's called me a murderer and that he's bullied me to that extent.
0: Wow, Mel, what a powerful episode that is going to be. And I will give, uh, I will put the link up to your troll free day, which is on March the 17th, because that's a really great show to have a listen to. I just want to go to back to the teenagers of empowering them I, I can imagine all these parents going I get it I've seen signs of my child being distressed I know they're on whether it's text me- messaging or they're on social media or whatever I can see they're having these silent conversations that are causing them anxiety but I don't know how to help and I really want to re-emphasize it's so important that they set up a relationship that their child will go to that's not mum or dad or the teacher or counsellor because I truly believe and I have read somewhere statistics that every time trauma happens to any human being, regardless of age or gender, they will always tell one person. Now, who that one person is determines how well they heal from the experience. So we want our children to choose wisely. So find that 21-year-old cousin or find that that 28-year-old gorgeous auntie that's young and funky or somebody that they can relate to that you trust and empower that person, that adult, to know that it's okay for your child to go to them and have a confidential conversation that will not be reported back to mum or dad unless it's entirely necessary. Because I feel that children so often don't want to be seen in a bad light by their parents. And that causes problems, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, it does. And look, they just, you're so right, they need a support network. They need to tell someone. They cannot keep it in. They have to tell someone. And if they don't have someone like that in their life, that's what Kids Helpline's for. At the Bully Zero Australia Foundation, we have a helpline there as well. It's completely confidential. You can just make that first step and talk to someone. But you have to tell someone.
0: Do you feel Mel that we've lost our way as a society with compassion and empathy, which is creating a greater problem with cyberbullying?
2: Oh my goodness, Jane! I was talking to someone this morning. There's cyberbullying has gone next level now, and and I said from day one, this is going to affect anyone that has a social media account. This is not just profile people or kids. So if if someone finds themselves in a news article, I was talking to a lady. Um, she found a syringe in her child's Ugg boot, thought she'd go public with it because it was in a shop to tell other parents to be aware. She copped all this abuse online from people saying, you're just trying to get a free pair of Ugg boots, you're a terrible mother, and it gets worse. There's been parents that have lost their children through tragedy, not through bullying or suicide, there's been a tragic accident. They're mourning the death of their child, and people are being so judgmental and abusive in the comments on the bottom of these articles. And let me tell you, if you don't think that people are, that are involved in that article are reading the article, you're kidding yourselves. They read the article. They read your comments. So they've just lost their child and you're telling them they don't deserve to be a mother. Don't you think they're already feeling that way? They don't need your abuse. What makes you go online and abuse someone like that? It's revolting. Wow. Because
0: I was actually going to ask you, did you manage to get enough, I don't what is the word, resilience or you know, how do you not look at the comments? I mean, you said that you've been attached for two years Mel. Did you get to a point where you just went, I'm not reading the comments, or is that just asking too much of the individual?
2: No, I can I can read them and it and it means nothing to me because I've had the worst said to me consistently and I know what a troll is, I know why they do it. They mean nothing to me. Okay, so
0: you're okay to read them because I know that, you know, some celebrities will say, I just don't read them. But I think, wow, that's actually a pretty hard thing to do to not, I mean, curiosity or something within us wants to know what's being said, even when we know it's likely to be something we don't want to hear or read.
2: Yes, read it and then it will upset them. So, yeah, a lot of uh, profile people, people in the spotlight, either A, just completely ignore them or have an understanding and resilience for the people that are writing those messages and understand why they're doing it.
0: I feel too that we we, there's a couple of things that I really think as a society we need to be doing better and this is everybody listening to this podcast can step up and do a better job of whatever they're currently doing and that's helping to build better individual relationships with the people that we are around. And that combined with trying to build a more connective community because we are just more and more every day. We're getting more disconnected. We don't know our neighbors. We, we don't, we don't even ring friends. We just check out what they're doing on social media. It, it is, we're becoming so detached, aren't we?
2: We are. And that's one thing that I, um, implemented in my life for 2017. Once a week, I'll ring a friend and have a phone conversation. I don't have phone conversations. And every few months, I want to have a 24-hour digital detox. I had one uh, early January. It was the best thing I've done just to switch your phone and your mind off from that. You know, I was sitting there reading a book and to be able to hear the leaves and the wind. When was the last time you stopped and did something like that? When was the last time you played Uno and just spoke to your friends without going, oh, I'm just going to check my social media account? It's controlling our lives and social media is not real. Everyone posts about their perfect lives, perfect relationships, because that's what people want to see. But the reality is everything is not perfect. And I absolutely applaud a lot of uh, Instagram models that are coming out at the moment showing photos of what they really look like or if they're having a bad day they don't have their six pack of abs they've got a six pack of rolls and they're making it more realistic because social media is just this artificial world it's one we need it's one we're all guilty of using and i know that i'll take a photo 10 times until i get that perfect pose because i want to look good in my photos why would i post a photo where i look uh not so attractive you know why would i do that But that's the reality, that's real, I should probably be doing that, but who wants to look at that?
0: Yeah, it is such a a false world, isn't it? So what about the person that is having a negative comment written on their social media? And it's not something that is go kill yourself or, you know, something that's that's just, oh, my gosh, can't even imagine somebody typing those words. But Mm -hmm. something that they're still having a crack at you and it's hurting you So they feel like they can't block. What's the best way to deal with that, do you feel?
2: There's two ways that I handle trolls, and you really have to get a feel for the situation. So I either just completely ignore them and don't engage. Whether you don't block them, that's fine if you don't want to block them, but just don't engage, do not respond. But the other approach I take, depending on what the comment is, is I use the good old saying of kill them with kindness, I respond to them in a way which is so kind and so normal that they are really thrown aback by that and they do a big backstep and change and realise that, okay, she's actually reading this, she's being nice about it, how could I possibly sit here and say nasty things? And I find that very effective but it's not something I would encourage everybody to do because you really need to know and understand the situation and be prepared for what might happen. Mm,
0: I actually do exactly the same method with uh, when I'm posting articles about single people and I often advertise on Facebook and so people get annoyed, some people get annoyed when that sponsored link and they click on it because the headline grabs them and they read the article and I get quite a dumping ground of their emotions from that yes. and, and so I use exactly the same technique. But having said that, let's go back 10 years ago. I don't think I had the skills to do that then. My feelings would have been hurt. I would have gone in to defend myself, whereas I'm not defending myself. All I'm doing is putting myself in their shoes, showing a bit of compassion and going, hey, understand how you're feeling. Take care. Wish you all the best.
2: Um, That's why I don't encourage everybody to do that because you do need the resilience and you need to have the understanding to read the situation properly. So that's something that I am absolutely capable of doing now. But if if I had written something nice and they'd come back with something abusive, you have to be in the right frame of mind to know how to handle that.
0: Yeah, that's right. And have the skill set. And not everybody has developed that yet. That's One right. of the other things I feel is role modelling conflict in the home that, you know, parents can be role modelling. You know, we all have days where we're, our feelings are hurt. We've made assumptions. We've taken things personally in everyday life. And sharing those conversations with, their, with your children so that they know that, you go through this as well. It's just it's in a different arena. It may be more face-to-face than it is cyber issues and a uh, cyber bullying and how you handle that. You know, how do you grow resilience? How do you speak your truth? How do you have healthy boundaries? How do you disengage when it's just not healthy and it's toxic for you? And I feel like often... Families don't always role model real life. It's more, you know, sweep everything under the counter, everything's beautiful, let's not show our children that we're in pain or we're having a bad day or we've got emotions. And the more that I feel that parents are able to um, role model this, the more that children are going to feel safer going, well, actually, I'm having a bad day and I've got lots of feelings going on too. Do you feel that that's something that could be improving
2: the situation? Absolutely. I think that's a great idea because you're creating real-life situations and giving them the chance to deal with it and see how they'd respond and, and how they'd handle it. Because if they're thrown into one of those situations in real life without having ever experienced that, without having anyone there to support them, they won't know how to handle it. And you can only ever learn and grow from experience Doing that kind of role-playing is creating that experience.
0: And we do see even with adults, you know, most, I guess, parents, depending on their age group, most of them are going to be on Facebook. That's sort of more of the older school than the Instagram or Twitter. Um, yeah. And yet you will hear all the time or you'll see posts all the time of, you um, Oh, nice to see! I got unfriended by somebody. Must have. It might have been nice if they told me in person. You know, oh there's... God,
2: pick that off Facebook. That
0: on. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. Oh, however, that that is playing. Like, all of this is playing out in the adult world everywhere. It's also, you know, the workplace, the cyber bullying. Like I think yes. the stats are something with adults. Eight in ten adults, I think it is. report that they've been cyber bullied through like offensive either emails or text messages from their workplace because people are hiding behind this aren't they
2: yes it's called keyboard warriors and they happen in real life and they're anonymous it's happening in workplaces and 80 percent of the calls to the bully zero australia foundation hotline Were about cyberbullying in school and the workplace. 80% of phone calls, so that's not just children. That's adults ringing to go. I have a cyberbullying problem in my workplace. I don't know what to do about it. That's extraordinary. Zero tolerance for it, and it's there's just no other way. Zero tolerance. If someone in your school cyberbullies, and there's a lot in Sydney that do it, suspend them. If someone cyberbullies at work, same thing. Maybe not as extreme as firing, but they need to be punished severely and learn the consequences. Zero tolerance.
0: Yeah. Now, what can we do to help the bystander? Because I feel that's where the real power is.
2: It's it's a tricky situation. I was reading um, a story that I saved from four years ago. I was going through my tough time, and on the front page of the paper was the youngest suicide in New South Wales, and it was a girl called Maddie. And Maddie had stuck up for a girl that was getting bullied. And she then got bullied herself horrifically and ended uh, up with uh, committing suicide, which was just tragic. But she stood up for someone. And I think that's what we need to keep doing, though. But we need to have the resilience and the understanding of the situation. But we do need to stand up for each other. But in real life, not on social media, the rules always apply. Do not engage. Do not write. Do not Stick up for someone on social media and start the conversation because you will then get attacked and it will make the situation worse. You need to ignore it, block them, and try and have the conversation face-to-face
0: it is so important to get offline and go face to face isn't it look i say exactly the same in di- in dating you know what about the, the oh. famous dating of oh you're dumped we're breaking up i don't want to see you anymore and it's in a text message after you've been going out with them for eight months really cool not can i
2: just say how horrible the modern day dating world is i cannot <laughs> yes. stand it no offense but i cannot conversation <laughs> hey oh hey hey Oh, hey, oh, come on, give me something more than that. I can't deal with it. And on Tinder, I lasted five minutes because within five minutes of being on there, you know, five seconds, you need to ascertain whether you like someone based on their looks and the photos aren't even real. You know, oh, not exactly
0: not just that but within five minutes maybe that in in five seconds but on tinder within five minutes of actually coming up as a match with somebody you will likely have a selfie of a penis being sent to you here <laughs> what's <laughs> so yeah, some of this darling <laughs> great
2: Making a bunch of flowers and doodles seriously i
0: know, i know, but i do have to say mel there are a lot of beautiful genuine people out there but most of them are no longer online it is, i am seeing the whole dating world go back to full circle where people are wanting to meet face to face one of the things that I want to talk about though with the bystanders is that I often do on social media if I see somebody being I'll, I'll use the word attacked because I, I don't know whether they would say it's I'm not sure what the clinical definition of bullying is I'll look that up before this podcast really goes to anything away.
2: that offends someone if it offends someone it's bullying okay Okay. Some people can handle it and others can't. If someone reads that and they are offended, then that is bullying. Okay. Now,
0: what if you were to say something and somebody has been offended, but it wasn't your intent to do that, and then they come back with you've offended me and and had their say, to come back immediately and try and repair that, would that be deemed bullying still if the intent was misunderstood?
2: God, no. And that's that's what the difference is with real-life communication and online communication. A lot of things are misread or misunderstood. And you need. that's why you need to have the face-to-face conversations. Some you, It's hard to understand tone when you're writing. So that's what I mean about bullying. They could write a message that had no intent to be bullying, but the way the person's received it has offended them, therefore it's bullying. So the person needs to acknowledge that they feel offended, the, uh, the person that's done the offending, needs to apologise. If they don't and they continue on, then they're continuing to bully. But to have the opportunity to apologise, the person needs to really accept and understand that.
0: Yes. So what I love about this is that when I see somebody has been misunderstood and you start to see the conversation getting a bit hostile, I do like to post something that is in support but in of a particular point of view in a way that you're hoping is showing support so don't go picking on the little guy that you think hasn't got a tribe because they have got a tribe but at the same time trying to help the compassion of both sides to see each other's sides now i agree get off off line but sometimes that's not possible if it's an open debate about a particular subject if you're in a particular group that is you know a specialty interest Mm. and uh And and as someone that's highly sensitive, I can write really long messages because it's like wanting to cover off on every possible consideration. Yes. But do you feel, again, that it can be supportive for people to have a tribe to support them? Like I could imagine somebody writing things about you to you that you would also have a beautiful tribe of loving supporters that would have come to your defence. Did you feel that helped the situation or did you find that 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 made it worse?
2: No, it didn't make it worse, but it put them in a position where they're opening themselves up to be abused because trolls are not normal functioning people. Mm. So if they see someone defending me, they're just going to get attacked. So you really can't do that. But there is a difference, again, between having an opinion and abusing someone. So there's a lot of forums where they want people sharing their opinions. They want people having the conversation. So as as long as it's people having their say, that's fine. But if it gets abusive, that's different.
1: Mm.
0: Do you think it's a skill for people to be able to go into the troll's energy and see their pain? Because if we've got compassion and empathy, if we can really grow with that, if if like you do now with your, or your hard-earned wisdom, to be able to see the pain that the troll is in and then to be able to reach to that person, it does diffuse the bully's power, doesn't it?
2: It depends if they want to acknowledge that they are unhappy or that they're not normal, and a lot of them won't. It is very hard to break through to them. So if you show them any compassion they might see that as you antagonising them as well. So, again, you need to read the situation. When I called the troll that had called me a murderer, I didn't know what to expect with him. So my guard was up ready to defend myself and to take him down a few notches for being a troll. But what he showed me was compassion. But it could have gone one of either way. And that was a phone conversation. So if I'd had um, a keyboard conversation with him, it could have been very different again.
1: Mm,
0: I bet. Yes. Very different. And that is once again, the misunderstanding of the keyboard. So to summarize, the most important things are to get offline and face to face. If it's somebody, you know. Yes. You know, none Uh, of this. You're going to get attacked and then, okay, well, I want to meet you face-to-face and I don't know who you are but I'll meet you around the corner in five minutes. That would be completely placing yourself in in danger.
2: No, you're ignoring those people. Those people mean nothing to you. They are not a part of your life. Do you tell me one person you know in your life that spends half their time abusing people online?
0: No, I I can't think of anybody
2: Anyone can say they do because these people are not normal. They are so unhappy in their own lives, they probably don't leave their apartments. You can't see them as real. And what I say to people in the spotlight when they feel they're consistently getting attacked, I say to them, okay, you're reading comments on the bottom of your article about an outfit you wore, people are being mean, blah, blah, blah. Read the next article. Trolling again. What about the next article? About other people, not them, about other people. It's not a personal attack. It's them. It's the problem with the troll. They will attack and abuse anyone. It is not personal. Yes. They don't know you and they don't care that they don't know you. Yeah. They just need to find validation and that's how they do it. So the anonymous people
0: you just can you ignore and ideally block and let go.
2: Ignore, don't
0: engage. The people you do know, you get offline, you see them face to face, and you have the conversation, not in an attacking way, but in a, have I misunderstood what you said? I felt that you were saying this and that hurt, etc. What can we do to move forward from here because I don't want to have that happen again? Is that the kind of conversation?
2: Yes, definitely. And if it's happening in your workplace, there's programs that you can get into your workplace, suggest to your boss. We do one through the Bully Zero Australia Foundation. We have cyberbullying workshops that come to your workplace. Or go to your boss and show them the written content and ask your boss's advice on what to do next, whether he mediates a meeting between you and the person that's been bullying so you can talk it out but have someone there supervising it. Don't let it get to you. Don't let it go unspoken about because the biggest thing is when people hold on to this, it festers and it gets worse in their mind. You need to talk to someone about it. Whether you're a child or an adult, you need to find someone to talk to.
0: Beautiful. And the final thing I would love to touch on is around – The possibility that every one of us has a bad moment, gets triggered and just wants to fire off that passive aggressive or that little narky comment, whether it's in a text message, it's online, on any different social medias, etc. Let's just put our big girls and big boy pants on. Know that you're having an emotional reaction. And just pause before writing. I know that I have put in place, I did it quite a few years ago, but I put in place if I'm having a a firm emotional reaction to something I've seen or read, I most often it would be in an email format. I am not to reply for 24 hours. Now, I can write a reply while my feelings are fresh, but it sits in the draft box for 24 hours or ideally until I've had a decent sleep. And 99.9% of the time, I come back, I look at that, and I'm so pleased I didn't send it.
2: Yes, absolutely. And the thing is, I'm not going to sit here and say that I've never said a bad thing to anyone because I I, I get... We all have. I'm passionate. I'm opinionated. I will say things that are offensive to people, but I then gauge the situation. If I've offended that person, I will apologise and try and better explain myself. Or if someone says they've taken offence to my email and found it too short. Again, I will take responsibility for that. So don't feel bad if you have done that. It doesn't mean you're a bully. Bullying is something that is consistent and bullying is something that the other person is taking offence to and that you don't care and you're not fixing it. So if you do find yourself in these situations and you have done the wrong thing, just take responsibility, learn from it, and try and move forward in a positive manner.
0: Mel, your advice has been divine. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Now, we want to just touch on Mel is the ambassador for Bully Zero Australia Foundation. So you can head to their website where there are stacks of resources and exciting. This is Mel's own initiative. So massive kudos to you, darling. Troll Free Day. So you started that last year. That was the first one you did last year, was it?
2: Yeah, that's the first one because I'm in a position, as I've said, that trolling does not affect me. So when you've got that power, you need to be able to help other people. So it's a National Day of Awareness that falls on the National Day of Action Against Bullying. And it encourages people to just think about what they're doing that day or if if they see people getting bullied, to make sure they report and block. Uh, there'll be some memes available that you can post on your social media accounts in support. But it's trying to combat cyberbullying and raising some awareness for it. I'll be doing a one-hour radio special that'll go out to 30 radio stations as well, talking to kids that are being bullied, talking to the experts, trying to work out what can be done to help combat it. And, you know, it's something that I do... It's a one-man show. It takes up all my time. But if that saves one life, it's absolutely worth it.
0: Absolutely. Now, the, the Troll Free Day is on March the 17th, and you yes. can head to trollfreeday.com.au. And I will also put the uh, link up on our com page as well as in our Love Life Tribe on Facebook. All the best for continuing the gorgeous work you're doing.
2: Well, oh, thank you. And thanks for raising awareness for cyberbullying as well. And it was so good to talk to you again.
0: While most of us are unlikely to ever have to face such extreme cyberbullying as Mel has, I feel this is an important topic to discuss with the Love Life Tribe. In the past just five days, four of the Love Life listeners have either released their brand new podcasts or they've started production of their podcast, which is really exciting because I love hearing the stories of you guys putting out your beautiful heart-centered content. Now We've also had tribe members who've commenced promoting new services, launched blogs, and I guess in general are really putting their teachings and wisdom out to an ever-growing wider community on social media. So I really do get excited to see the expansions of teachings of love, be it in whatever field each of you are passionate about. Yet, when you put your teachings of wisdom and opinions out there, there comes other people's opinions. Traditionally, I guess, light workers sharing their love are often fragile, they're delicate, they're sensitive, they have their feelings hurt, or perhaps they're the flip side, warriors ready to really battle the contrasting opinions. But both scenarios can often result in a loss of drive, passion, resilience, commitment, belief, courage. So gathering a loyal tribe of people who love you is a very validating and exciting thing to have happen. And we'll definitely, that will turbo boost your commitment to be of service. However, likewise, with the sharing of opinions and wisdom, when you're gathering a loyal, loving tribe, there also comes the flip side. Those who don't love you, some maybe even will hate you. I feel it's really important to take time to consider this. I know when we're in the creative zone, many of you are channeling, you're putting together beautiful products and services and ways for people to receive your wisdom and teachings and guidance and love you want to hold that vibration and I am aware that this topic is actually a very negative vibration podcast to put out there however in life there's yin and yang light and dark balances everything So while you're in this beautiful creative zone of getting your stuff out there, it doesn't even matter if you're not doing it officially. Most of you are having the conversations with more people than you used to have, whether it's around dining tables, at children's sporting events, or in your workplace. You're all becoming bolder and braver in what it is that you're sharing. I feel that this really is an important topic to address and to take some time to put a plan in place a clear and strong setting of intent of how you plan to handle the keyboard warriors, the bullies, and the trolls. Now, likely most of us are only going to come across the keyboard warriors. However, the bullies and the trolls definitely are out there and we can attract that as well. It's hard to imagine that this can happen to you, but it really can happen. Over the past 10 years, I've had three stalkers I had plenty of keyboard warriors on my back. However, three stalkers who each had a really extreme love-hate relationship with me. They started with comments online via emails and social media posts, and then they moved offline to calling my office and sometimes showing up at events I was hosting or speaking at. Now, my naivety at the time when this first happened to me, it really had me sharing love, compassion and advice To each situation, I wanted to connect with that person, see their pain and try and be of service to them. My lesson that I learnt, they didn't ask for my compassion. They didn't ask for my advice. And so who was I to give it? And yet there I was projecting my stuff. I quickly learnt that as I gave more compassion and advice, the more I triggered their negativity. Over the years, I learnt to ignore it. And the last time I had a potential stalker, they disappeared within a week due to being 100% ignored right from the beginning. So my advice here that if you too, like me, want to connect and help, consider placing an intent of only offering help when it's asked for. Now, this has been a really huge lesson for me to learn over the years. It's been in all areas of my life and it's actually been a heartbreaking one that I've experienced many times over. And so my firm rule is that now I only talk if I'm asked to talk. If I'm not, I either listen or ignore. And I've also tried to stick with this with comments on blogs, Facebook, etc. It's kind of about protecting me. It's not creating an energy exchange that's going to potentially drain me or frustrate me or demand more of me than I wish to give. So it's important that healthy boundaries are in place. Give your time, give your passion, give your love, to those who ask and those who you wish to energetically connect with. Vibrational alignment is tricky at the best of times, but to hold it in cyberspace, I feel, is harder. Somehow we seem to shift vibrations much faster as we're scrolling through news feeds or watching videos or engaging in online chatter. So I feel that energetic boundaries are much looser online than perhaps they would be if we were in person. And like as Mel mentioned, you know, typed messages are so often misunderstood, assumptions made and feelings hurt. Reactions appear to be faster online than if we were in person where we can, I guess, read the nonverbal communication that's going on. So as you open yourself up to a bigger audience, set a very clear plan of intent and action, how you are going to move forward engaging in the conversations in social media. I also mentioned the importance of empowering our children with the go-to person who's someone that you deeply trust. I cannot emphasize this enough. Every person I've spoken to who had trauma in their life told at least one person and that person that they chose determined how quickly and how well they healed from the trauma. Do we really want a 16-year-old girl or boy choosing a 16-year-old girl or boy as their point of wisdom when they are experiencing trauma? No, we want them choosing somebody that we know can give objectionable and loving support. Really consider empowering that person to be confidential And that's not easy because as parents, of course, we're controlling. However, I encourage you to do this. I really believe that this can be a game changer in teenage children's safety. I want to also encourage you to set this up for yourself. So have a conversation with someone you trust. And share with them that you are putting yourself out there more now and that you are likely to be coming across situations you've not experienced before. You may have strong emotional feelings about this. Ask them if they can be that person that you can go to for venting. That person that you know is going to be able to support you and that person that you know is going to be able to give you a clear ahead. When you've got all of the adrenaline and cortisol flooding your brain, making it very hard for you to have a clear thought process. I also want to add in, even though this is off topic with cyberspace, I want to add this in for empowering particularly our teenage children when they get into a situation that they didn't expect to be in and they want to get out of it so often teenagers will find themselves in situations where peer pressure as we know leads them to do things that they'd prefer not to do what you can set up is a thing where your children text you with just an x and the x means that you take you then text them and say something along the lines of i need to come and get you we've got a situation at home i need you here Something along those lines that looks like you've demanded that they come back home. They'll text back going, oh, okay, no problems. What time will you be here? And then you text back saying, I'm on my way now, be there in however long. Now that gives them the out of the situation. That allows them to save face and get out of what it is they don't want to be doing. Now the other rule that I apply with this ex is that they also know unless it is life-threatening or very serious, there are no questions asked. I want to be the go-to person for my children. And I know that that's not always possible because they also don't want to get in trouble when they've done something that they shouldn't have. Maybe they said they were at a certain place and they found themselves at another place and they don't want mum and dad knowing. In the grand scheme of keeping them safe, whatever. I let that go. I would rather that I get that message so they can get out of a situation, I go and get them, it's a different place or whatever story has happened and they are not going to get in trouble for it, that they're not going to get, you can't go to anything ever again, you've lost your freedom, I can't trust you anymore. Now, of course, those feelings are going to be there. However, I've chosen to do this because I would rather keep them safe and have an exit plan to get out of a situation they don't want to be in. And let's face it, children that have had conscious parents, they're going to push the boundaries just like everyone, but they're also going to deeply know what's right from wrong for them. And if I can help them to save face and get out of that situation, I would rather do that over worrying about that they've lied to me about something or that they've got themselves into a situation that they should have known better so that's just another tip that I want to add in to keeping our teenagers safe it starts online goes offline and that's a way that they can save face and get out of a situation keeping them safe
1: have you ever cyberbullied anyone have you ever been cyber bullied have you ever witnessed cyberbullying? 100% of teenagers answer yes to at least one of those questions. So that means everybody is a part to play to help stop this needless behaviour online. Play your part by using stop, block, tell. Stop. Stop and think before posting something online that might be upsetting to someone. Think about how you'd feel if you were in their position. Block. If you are a victim of cyberbullying, block and report the person that has been bullying you. Tell. If you think you're being cyberbullied, report the person that's bullying you to a parent, guardian, or teacher. Cyberbullying is not okay. Nobody deserves it. And we can all help to put an end to it, for good.
0: That gorgeous boy with his beautiful words of wisdom is from a Facebook group called Create No Hate. I also want you to take a leaf out of the stop, block and tell advice that is given to children. I was really sceptical of this method at first. I wasn't sure it was really effective. And as I chatted with Mel about, I question a child's ability to be able to block. However, it did please me to hear that she shared that this really is working. I see this working for adults as well. So stop the communication. And that's definitely what I've done every time I've been stalked. Block. I do block, but it's pretty rare. And if I do block, it's usually somebody I actually don't know. I don't know them in real life. If it's someone I know in real life, I'd rather go and have a face-to-face conversation with them. And I definitely do tell. I did learn that from the first stalker that I had. I was blessed to have a wonderful uh, female police officer as a member at the time of Social 8, and I was chatting to her about it because it actually got a bit frightening. I was aware that, you know, I am vulnerable as are my husband and children. And so I spoke to her and she gave me some great tools around what to do. But telling somebody is always helpful just to keep yourself safe no different to when I tell somebody, let a mate know that you're going on a blind date, where are you are going to be and get them to check in on you. There's nothing wrong with us putting some protective boundaries in place to keep ourselves safe. All of this said, it's a very negative podcast we've done. However, keeping the vibration high with the support of what could potentially happen once you've got your game plan in place, once you've got your healthy boundaries and your intent of how you're going to move forward from this point forward, you can then let it go. Don't keep thinking about it because you know what's going to happen then. You're going to manifest it. And I don't want that for any of you. However, I do want you to have a plan in place. I love that so many of you have extended out further to share your messages and would love to help you to build your tribes and positive cyber support. So I invite you to share your links to your services, pages, websites, blogs, etc., on our private Facebook group. Head to facebook.com forward slash love life show and share away. Let's support each other and really help to make cyberspace a place of love. And while you're online, I'd love to receive the love if you'd like to rate the show on iTunes. And of course, share the show with those who you feel need some loving support in their life. Until next time, have a divine week.
1: Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening.